0: 80% of, of my influence coming from the island, from Puerto Rico, because first, we're eating every day tropical fruit. Coconut, mango, passion fruit. It's a lot, a lot of fruit, tropical fruit in Puerto Rico. Papaya, banana, that you can see in the street. They're falling down from the, from the tree, the mango. In the season, you can find mango everywhere in the street. In my house, we have a mango tree, banana tree, uh, passion fruit. We have coconut, you know, like parm with coconut. The thing is, in Puerto Rico, we eating everyday tropical fruits, and then I think that for me, in desserts, they give this extra flavor and delicate to any dessert. This the flavor of the exotic fruit and tropical fruit they make the dessert shine. Behind
1: every amazing flavor is an amazing human who has perfected their craft. Welcome to Flavors Unknown a behind the scenes look at new flavors and the chefs pastry chefs and bartenders who create them with your host Emmanuel Welcome to episode 75 of the Flavors Unknown podcast My guest today is one of the top 10 pastry chefs in the US Antonio Bashour from Miami I am your host Emmanuel Roche I have been working in the food industry for more than 20 years both in Europe and in the US and every other week I share stories of awarded chefs, pastry chefs, and mixologists who are redefining the way we eat and drink in America and we are disrupting the industry with flavors, innovation, and talent. Please follow us on the platforms where you are listening to podcasts and find the show notes of this episode on our website, flavorsunknown.com. Antonio Bashur grew up in Puerto Rico and was hooked on pastry from a young age. Bashour talks about how his early life in Puerto Rico played a role in his inspiration for creating desserts, the importance of teaching and mentoring, the evolution of the pastry scene in America, and of course his creative process. Since his first book in 2013, Bashur published a total of six good books the latest one being Bashur Gastro. Welcome, Chef. I'm really excited to have you on uh, the show Flavors Unknown.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: You obviously grew up in uh, Puerto Rico and you work with your, you know, in your family bakery, you know, over there. And I think I read somewhere that you started working there when you were young, like seven years old. But your parents are, in fact, from Lebanon, correct? In terms yes. of, of, of background. so. What's the story here of, you know, your, I'm guessing your parents or your dad, you know, coming to, you know, leaving Lebanon, I guess, because of the, you know, situation, you know, there, the tough situation. And then how they ended up in in Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah, my parents, basically my father first, he came to, in the 1960s to Brazil. And then, yeah, he lived there in Brazil for about four years. And then he moved to Colombia, to Bogota. And then in Bogota, he met some friends and then they moved to New York. From New York, I think it was 1965 or 1966. It was too cold for my parents. And then they moved to Puerto Rico. They, they heard that Puerto Rico is an island. It's part of the United States. And then they moved to Puerto Rico and they feel in love with Puerto Rico, with the people, with the, with the ambient, with the temperature, and they love it.
1: I'm curious because with the the, the bakery uh, business that uh, your family had there, were there any roots or any tradition or any influence coming from Lebanon in what they were doing, or it was purely influenced by Puerto Rico?
0: Was influenced by Puerto Rican flavors. My father was a businessman. He he used to bakery, butcher, and then the bakery was across my house. That was the good things about that. And then I was, from the beginning of the bakery, going every day to eat, talk to the pastry chef with the bakers. Mm. And okay. then, you know, I feel in love with the passion of these people. You know, I never seen in my life people working with, with passion, with love. And that was the thing that I love for them because they was working not for money. They was working because they love what they do in this time.
1: The pastry chef, in fact, was from Puerto Rico then in your parents' business in the bakery, correct?
0: Yes, one of the pastry chefs, the main one, was Puerto Rican, but he worked for 30 years for Puratos, you know, the big company. Hmm, sure, yeah. He was corporate pastry chef for Puratos. He traveled in the world. When I saw this guy making, doing some glaze, white glaze, compound, a layer cake, cake with meringues, with flowers. you know, doing meringue with flowers. I was impressed because I never seen before that in my life. You know, something new for me, something new for the customer. I think that's what the, the way I want to be. You know, when I saw this guy for the first time, I fell in love with pastry. Before I was okay. I was in my house. My mother was making everyday dessert for, for dinner. My mother all the time was in the kitchen making food. We are seven brothers, big family. Every day in the table, we have one dessert for dinner. You know, and uh, not like a family, we love dessert. can not be one night without dessert in in the table
1: yeah okay and so how does like your life in in Puerto Rico and you know influence your your uh, creative process like today and the 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 dessert that you are making I'm guessing a lot there's a lot of influence coming from from the island
0: yeah I I think 80% of, of my influence coming from the island from Puerto Rico because first we eating everyday tropical fruit: coconut, mango, passion fruit. It's a lot, a lot of fruit, tropical fruit in Puerto Rico. Papaya, banana, that you can see in the street. They're falling down from the from the tree. The mango, in the season, you can find mango everywhere in the street. In in, in you know they're falling from the from the tree. In my house, we have a mango tree, banana tree, passion fruit. We have coconut. You know, like a with coconut. The thing is, in Puerto Rico. We eating everyday tropical fruits, and then I think they are, for me in desserts they give this extra flavor and delicate to any dessert. This the flavor of the exotic fruit and tropical fruit they make the dessert shine.
1: Okay, and you have like a preferred one? yourself?
0: Yeah, I love mango, passion fruit, coconut, and banana. That I I cannot make a dessert in my showcase without these fruits. Always I need to have. Follow this fruit in my dessert always.
1: You you went to uh, you went after that to to Miami, and then you know for education in in uh, in the you know in pastry, and then you went back to Puerto Rico to start working. Then back to Miami, and then you went to New York after that, correct?
0: You know, when I was 18 years old, I graduated. I went to New York to to the French Culinary Institute. I did over there, and then I moved uh, back to Puerto Rico. I worked in, in the Westing Ritz Carlton. And then I moved to Miami again. I moved to New York. I did in 2007. I went to France to do an internship.
1: Okay. So let's let's pause about this because I, you have done so many things that, you know, I don't want to, to waste our time of conversations with, you know, the history of what you have, you know, all the places that you went to. But so when did you start to get really, like, I would say famous or at least recognized, you know, by the media and the public? Was it when you were in, in New York?
0: I think it was in 2007 when I, w- I opened the Trump Soho in New York. Before that, I worked at the W South Beach. I opened the, the W South Beach with a restaurant. They came a chef from uh, Spain. Very well known chef. We, we opened the restaurant. We get four stars from four star from Miami Herald. But before that, in 2003, when I moved to Miami, I was hired by Chef Andrea Curso, Talura, she won the best new chef by Food and Wine magazine, yeah, Tarula, and then one of the best new 10 restaurants by New York Times this time. I was the pastry chef, opening pastry chef. I worked for three years over there. Working with her and Tarula, I was recognized because we did a lot of events, food and wine. We traveled to different parts of United States with her cooking, cooking show. I think in 2003, really was people was know who was Antonio Bashir.
1: Okay, okay And what do you think that uh, really uh, capture their attention and uh, what um, make them like really you know focused on you? Was it like the, the use of the fruits that you were talking about?
0: In the beginning people was loving they fell in love with my pretty dessert. I was doing color with flowers edible flowers. I think I was one of the one of the pastry chefs starting doing colors in the dessert in the bonbons. In the pretty dessert, uh, micro-flowers. And people, you know, I was request from France, from Spain, from Asia, from Thailand, from Japan. People call me, Che, can you come to teach this, this technique of pretty dessert, whatever? And then I said, of course, no problem. But I think the pretty dessert, the colorful, the flowers, edi- the using of edible flower was one of the main points that people was...
1: Yeah, and it was um, the what, beginning. What and mean? in fact, everyone looked at it and there's a lot of uh, pastry chef that... We can say maybe like copy you, if, you know. After that, correct.
0: I know a lot of big chefs. They say, Antonio, we are we were influenced by you, whatever, you know. And after that, I, I was starting doing the making the glaze in the entremet in 2005. I think I was the one of the first to visit Russia to teach people glazing cake in Russia. I, I remember I don't want to say name, but big name of today of pastry chef from Russia. They took a class with me in 2005, 2007. There was a home cook, a home baker. And then I remember one of my students, in after two, three years, after she took my class, by the Telegraph, Food and Wine, she was named the best glazing cake in the world, something like that. I, I was very proud because, you know, for me, when somebody that took a class with me, they are recognized, I feel very happy and very proud.
1: You mentioned like you went to, to France and you did the, the L'Ecole Valrhona, you know, in, in France in 2011. So what was like the the idea behind it? It, it was like to master chocolates, obviously, you know, at that time or because I'm guessing you have gone through a lot of, you know, pastry education. So it's like one more. So why? I did that
0: in 2007, no, 2011. 2007. Oh, sorry,
1: 2007. Sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was invited by by Barona to do like a do like an internship a few weeks. Uh, they changed my life because you know the techniques the technique of making chocolate to emulsify ganaches, to work with chocolate, they changed my life. I was doing good job, but I think with the training with the professional chef from Barona that they've been doing this every day, making uh, training every day, opened my my eyes and my mind to try to to help myself to be a better chef, to be trained and to, or to be my technique better. You know, I did the, the training in, in Barjona. You know, I opened my mind to ask every time, why this? Why I need to emulsify this? Why this ganache break? Why this mousse is grainy? You know, it's good to be trained. You know, you need to mm-hmm. go to the classes. You need, because every day we learn something new.
1: So, obviously, techniques, you know, are really important when it comes to, you know, chocolates or um, like pastry, you know, in general. So how do you balance, you know, techniques and, and creativity? Because is one more important than the other in your field?
0: The most important thing is the technique. Because, you know, recipe, you can find millions of recipes online. I can go to Google, you can find thousands of recipes. But the technique, how to make it, is the, is the way... They, they will give you 100% secure that you want to success in pastry. I think it's very important because the creativity, you need to learn how to be creat- creative in, in, in pastry because some people, they are good making prep. They only make prep. For me, the creativity is very important, like uh, the technique, because people eat by eyes. You need to always be something new. Always you need to be ahead of everybody. I think in pastry, when you go ahead, People follow you. People want to inspire you. They're inspired by you. We can see today with few chefs in the world, they are always ahead of most of the other chefs. And then, you know, it's, it's coming to the pair technique and, and creativity. Creativity is very important too, because otherwise, if you make the same dessert, people get bored. You know, the, I, I believe in the wow factor.
1: Do you get bored say, as well?
0: Yes. That's why, which in my, in my pastry shop, we change dessert every week. Otherwise, I would get bored, of course.
1: Okay. And I can tell you that, you know, I follow you obviously on Instagram and every day I eat your desserts with my eyes as well. They are absolutely fantastic, for sure. <music> What's your source of inspiration?
0: My inspiration is everywhere. can be a flower, can be a painting, can be a co-worker working with me with a great idea. You know, <clears throat> for me, inspiration can be from everywhere, from nice color, for the building, you know, sometimes I, I sleep in, I sleep and I, I I wake up thinking about uh, a, a new color or uh, or something I saw before in a movie or or I was walking the day before I saw a building with the with a nice shape or the window, whatever. You know, inspiration for me can be a la minute. Can be maybe talking with you. I see you. You shirt red with a, with something in the in the center of the shirt can be anything. You know, I, I get inspired very fast.
1: And so what do you do? You take notes, you have a little notebook with you
0: or And before I have a a notebook with me in my in my pocket. And then now I use the phone. When I have inspiration I write sometime my, my wife they say you are crazy because sometimes I wake up at four o'clock and then I, I was write reading in my in my in my phone. I take a note. I put a note What I, I was thinking. You know I think of pastry almost, almost 24 hours. My wife says, you know, I, I always say to people, my first love was pastry. When I saw these people working in my pastry shop on my, my parents doing pastry, I'm happy. That I found my first love. And then until now, I will say it's my first love. It's my, it's my career. It's my passion. It's my pastry. It's the only thing I, I know to do it now. You know, it's my only career in the last 30 years. I wake up every day with more passion.
1: And so when you have this inspiration that comes from everywhere, you just mentioned, what's your next step after that in your creative approach? Okay.
0: In my creative approach, when I have this creativity or this inspiration, I take a note. And then next day, I come to my kitchen. I work with my chair. Listen, I have this idea. I want something with this flavor, this color, this shape. And we start working, you know, the, the process of recipe for me is very easy because I've been doing 30 years recipe that for me is the most easy part of, of this making dessert. For me now, the most difficult part is the, the aesthetic. How I want to shape, how I want to make it to, to look different from the last one I did or I made.
1: Let's talk now about your new book, Bashur Gastro. I really like the the structure of you know of the book and uh, there's one you know chapter which is about your interpretation of some of the of the classic you know desserts you know so you are revisiting uh, strawberry shortcake and carrot cake and lemon pie and and so on so and it is not about like the you know, to distract, like a, you know, like a, a concept, but it's really giving them like a different twist. What what is this inspiration, you know, behind you know each of them, and and how to proceed? So I don't know if you want to use maybe an example like the carrot cake, for instance, and can you take us through like the your creative process to execute and and create first and execute what you have in the book here about the carrot cake.
0: You know, Abashur Gastro for me, I, I did this book in the pandemic. I always say the pandemic for me was great because I opened a, a new restaurant. I did a new book, pandemic. Abashur Gastro book. I feel in love with this book. I did with a uh, group of people, the people behind So Good Magazine, Dulce Pass from Spain. I want to do a book, very nice book. But at the same time, I want to explain the people, the ingredient we use. Each chapter, each recipe, we, we main focus in, in, in ingredients. Let's say we're using the Santang gum or we're using gel and gum. We explain from where we can find this gel and gum, what, for what we use this gel and gum, the characteristics of these ingredients. It's very, very, very great book. Like the chapter you say, interpretation of the classic, because I love classic dessert. You know, I love carrot cake, I love lemon pie. For me, the classic desserts. We need to keep it life because that we remember with the classic dessert. We remember our childhood. We remember when we were kids. We remember our family, our grandparents, our mom, our pa- father. For me, I always like to keep classic dessert with uh, my new interpretation because I want always people remember we are, we always thinking about in the past about family and the dessert is one of the key and tools to go back to, to the past with to remember because you know when you remember family you remember happiness when you eat something nice and nice dessert you remember wow i i eat this with my grandmother 25 years ago and you know and for me very important to 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 keep always a classic name in my dessert that's okay. I, I, why i did uh, this chapter interpretation of the carrot cake, short so cake. So,
1: what, so what did you do different on the carrot cake, you know, for the people that haven't seen your book? Obviously, they have to buy it, but can you talk to us about it?
0: The recipes are great. We use a simple carrot cake that my mom used to make in my home 30 years ago, 35 years ago. But I did like a nice interpretation, nice modern aesthetic. You know, I did a layer cake with pineapple jam, coconut whipped ganache. In this case, we did with a cream cheese with ganache and pineapple jam. And then we cover outside with with green cheese with ganache. We did with the with vermicheri pastry tip that we used to make a Mont Blanc to make the shape and the lime of the cremeux or the with ganache and we decorate on top with mango. You know, like I said before, tropical fruit, mango, pineapple, so you go,
1: coconuts, mango, coconut, pineapple.
0: Uh green cheese. I want to give a nice wow factor to this classic interpretation. Like a karaoke is one of them. You know, I love taco. My wife she loves Mexican food. I did the interpretation of the tacos with chocolate.
1: Yeah, chocolate, you know,
0: yeah. It's yeah, beautiful. I did, I, yeah, it's a beautiful. You know, I, I did the shape of the taco with the chocolate, a tempered chocolate. I used caramel, almond, guava, coolie, chocolate, cream, mango. You know, like you say, a lot of flavor, a bunch, bunch of flavor. When you eat, you can taste the caramel, the chocolate, the guava, the mango. You know, I want people... Wow, fasto. When they see the, yeah. the book and they say, wow, it's beautiful. But at the same time, you have a lot of techniques, a lot of soup recipes. It's a great book. It's a great, I'm very proud. And,
1: of and, the and in the in the brunch section of it, there's, for me, a reinterpretation of a classic for me, which is like the quiche Lorraine with, you know, you are using like the croissant dough, you know, as uh, instead of the regular crust. And um, I'm like, okay, I haven't made croissant dough myself. I, I use, you know, I, I make quiche Lorraine from scratch. I learned it from my mom when I was the same age. Probably you learn how to, you know, uh, bake and cook with your family. It is really something fascinated, you know, that I've seen in your book.
0: You know, the the kish croissant. I remember when Miami was locked down with the pandemic. Thanks God, we are open. We was opening for for takeout and delivery. I need to create traffic in my shop. You know, I have four employees in my yeah. in my in my shop. Are we keeping paying everybody? We one day I said, let's do kish croissant. I post in my Instagram that we have this tomorrow available and we make only 40 or 55 in five minutes. We sold out everything. People calling every day and you know, we was making 200, 300 every day, 400. And then I did the, the, the croissant tart with fruit. And yeah. you know, it's like I, I say, always we need to keep a uh, positive in the bad time. In, in the bad time, you need to be more strong than before, because that's the time that you need to show the people that, that you are, are uh, strong enough to to make something new and and keep your business up.
1: You mentioned as well that you know you wanted to elevate like the pastry scene in the U.S. How do you approach something like this? This is like a big statement. The culture of of uh, dessert and pastry is really different, you know, in different part of the world, but it's different here in the U.S. And so, how how do you do go about that?
0: I'm very lucky. I've been traveling to 60 or 70 countries in the world and more than 150 cities in the world. If you go to Europe, you can find the best pastry. Even in Asia, you go to Japan, Singapore, Thailand. You know, in Thailand, you go to the shopping mall, you have 40 or 50 uh, small kiosk for past- uh, selling pastry. You go to a big city in Europe and Asia and you find a great dessert. And in the United States, we are lack of a good pastry shop. And then... When I decide to open a pastry shop in, in Miami, I want to, to show people that we can make you cannot you don't need to travel to Europe to have a great dessert. I need to elevate the dessert in the United States because we are a country that we buy more chocolate than any country in the world, more pastry products. But we need to feel we need to uh, feel proud that we're making something different and nice. And then thanks God today I see many, many good pastry shops in the United States more than before, 10 years before. People now taking more classes. I remember when I was teaching classes at Barrona School in, in Brooklyn, I was teaching six classes every year, you know, and it came chef from Three mission Star Restaurant, Pastry Chef, Pastry Chef from Hotel to take a class with me. And then I saw these people right now doing great things. People get motivated and inspired to do something new. You know, I think now United States is getting great pastry shop, great pastry chef, the hotel we have a great restaurant with a nice pastry program. I think every day is much, be- much better than ten years ago. Ten years ago, you cannot find a good pastry shop in, in, in the United States. Now you can find in New York, in Miami, a big you can in LA. You know, Los Angeles is it, it, it's grow- it's growing a lot. San Francisco and croissant now you can find many bakery in the United States doing better croissant bread than Europe. Now, you know, this year I, I have now. I, I did a croissant class in Ukraine few wh- few weeks ago. In Dubai, I wanted to do a class for only for croissant in Madrid, only for croissant in Portugal, only for croissant. People are asking to do croissant now. You know,
1: and there's a, there's a really an evolution and trends around you know things around croissant with different colors. You know, on on top of it, and then there's a lot of different feelings, which is you know something recent, you know, uh, relatively recent. So, but like, of course, originally you had like the, you know, the the almond, you know, paste, you know, in, in croissant in some countries like Switzerland, you know, Germany and and so on, or France. But now there's like custard like creams and, you know, different things in there. So that's interesting. Listen,
0: I told you, we changed the mentality of croissant. Before it was bore croissant and that's it. And pan chocolate. That's it. Now you can you can see croissant with a lot of filling, cream, jelly. We use a gelan to make a jelly. You can bake the croissant inside. Uh, a lot of custard, pistachio, chocolate, hazelnut with different flavors. We change the, the the way to eat croissant today. You know, in our shop, in my shop, we, 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 in the weekend, we sold in each shop one thousand croissant or more. People get crazy with the bicolor, with the with the inside, with the mascarpone, with the ch- with the strawberry, pistachio. We have different fr- pecan. We did.
1: It's almost like. Uh like cross influences from different world between like the donut, the eclair, you know, and, and, and the croissant with, you know, some toppings and some filling, but different, obviously dough, but that that's really interesting. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if my, my friends from France are going to get into that trend.
0: I think friends uh, with the color change a lot before I was very criticized by many chefs in France that oh, this guy using a lot of color in chocolate and food or And then I, I saw a lot of chefs, a lot of chefs using also color in the glaze uh, in, in the last 10 years in France, a lot in the bonbons. Listen, for me, color is happiness. It's beautiful. It's happiness. They, they show happiness. Uh, for me, color is everything in dessert. It, it's life. And then, you know, and now you can see a lot of, of new croissant in France and Europe. In Spain, they're doing a lot of color, croissant by color. In France, also, pan uh, chocolat with red, different color. Now, Sosa brand, they have a lot of natural color that you can incorporate in the croissant. It's nice, natural. Every day is, is, is something new.
1: What's your favorite ingredient to work with and why?
0: Uh, I like chocolate. Because with chocolate, you can mash any flavor. You know, you can make chocolate with fruit, you can make chocolate with coffee, you can make chocolate with, with it's the ingredient that you can mash with anything. Also, when you work with chocolate, it's fatty, it's creamy. They give you this texture of, of cream, or of creamy in dessert that you cannot find in any ingredients. Of course, chocolate, tropical fruits. You know, for me, tropical fruit and chocolate is, is like I, I use a lot of white chocolate to make a cream mousse and to make mousse. Because they give more creamy to the dessert. It's more like a more smooth, more creamy. Instead of doing a a, a mousse with the meringue, I, I like to make a ganache with white chocolate. Give the flavor, natural flavor with the fruit passion fruit, and to make a nice uh, mousse with a white chocolate base. Because it's a neutron base uh, flavor, you don't taste the chocolate, the white chocolate, or the flavor, but you get at the same time the texture or what you want of nice and creamy.
1: So what's your least favorite ingredient to work with?
0: I think can be uh, licorice flavor for me. I, I, I went to Sweden, yeah. Norway, dessert over there because they asked me things that I need to make every day. You know, it's, it's, it's not my least favorite, but it's my least ingredient to make dessert.
1: Okay. You work a lot with the spices? A blend of spices yeah, as well. I,
0: or? I, I love vanilla. I, I love a uh, spicy like cinnamon, not cinnamon, maybe cardamom. A lot saffron. I love uh-huh. to incorporate saffron. Where I, I did a lot of consulting in the Middle East, in Dubai, in Bahrain, Qatar, and they they love saffron. You know, they they use a lot of saffron. I I, I love saffron. You know, I love spicy. Yeah, incorporating the dessert.
1: What's your latest uh, ingredient obsession at the moment? Cardamom. Caramel.
0: I try to make caramel now with different texture and flavor with uh, cinnamon, with spicy, with, with the hazelnut caramel. With different. Uh, now we, we're making a new recipe in my book with hazelnut caramel, with pecan caramel, dulce with dulce caramel, almond caramel, with almond inspiration. My, my new obsession is to make something, a lot of, of recipe with caramel, with incorporate different flavors. I don't want only the caramel. The, the regular caramel, classic caramel. We incorporate flavor like a spicy saffron caramel. I'm working now with a lot of new recipes, uh, cremeux, pudding with caramel.
1: You know, when I talk to um, chefs, uh, like culinary chefs, uh, restaurant chefs, you know, on, on the podcast, they talk to me about the importance of the access to a quality ingredients and sourcing, you know, the, the right ingredients. So I, I'm, I'm curious for you in pastry and baking, you know how this access to quality and ingredients is, you know, uh, important, and is it as important as it is for, you know, for a culinary chef?
0: Yeah, for me, the quality is the most important thing. You know, the best chocolate, the best cream, the best milk, organic eggs. are the good thing in United States, you can find the best ingredient in the world. It's, it's very accessible to buy the best quality and the best ingredient in in, in United States market. I always say. You can be a great chef, but if you don't use the best quality ingredient, it's not the same. You know, it's the dessert is 80% quality and 20% is the chef. You can be a good a good chef and you don't use a good quality. Listen, I was in, in Panama like a five years ago. I stayed in the one of the best hotel in Panama, five star with a great brand. And the and the pastry chef there, they was using a compound chocolate. No, Covered to chocolate, you know. I say, and then you, you spend $500 or $700 a day, I I, I told him, and you don't you do use you know you a great chocolate for your dessert? That's crazy. And you, you taste the dessert, is not the same, the quality. And the guy was a great jerk. I said, no, I need to keep my, my labor, my food cost to make my money. Yeah, it about and, the food
1: cost, yeah.
0: And they say, man, I can't understand. You pay $1 less or $2 less. By pound and how many pounds you using a week 50 pounds you're talking about saving 100 dollars for the hotel that is not your business and you sacrifice quality i say you are i don't want to say what i say to him because it's a podcast i say it's it's something unreal
1: (laughs) so but do you think there's still like a lot of to be done at this you know this level especially when he uh you know, about like the sweet world and, you know, baking world and pastry world in the US that, that, you know, a lot of things are around like, you know, sugar and it could be used like, you know, low quality of, of ingredients and, you know, chocolate that you just mentioned. Do you think that, you know, there's still like a lot of room to grow here?
0: I, I think so. But at the same time, uh, I see a lot of progress in the in, in United States, in the chef. They're searching for better quality I'm talking with the company, you know, the, the best company about the chocolate barona, they doing very great in the United States before the pandemic. Was number two country that they most sell this chocolate with the vanilla beans company, you know, the vanilla in the United States market, they the they using of vanilla bean. they, they went up uh, a lot. I think people in the United States chefs, they are more confident to using quality ingredients, you know, people they they are more educated to buy better quality of ingredients.
1: You have opened your, your I mean different shops, you know, in in Miami. And so, so what's what's your next objective?
0: I want to open a new. We, we took a new location now in design district in Miami. We opening in eight months, uh, maybe in the end of the, of this year. I want to open a, like a French brasserie with a pastry concept. After that, I don't know. I get an offer to open in Dubai. in in different countries but i want to keep very humble very simple i don't want to open so many restaurant and shop with this i have in miami i think that's enough for me i, I will still teaching classes because that i love to teach class i, I love to travel i always keep writing books
1: you have written what five books correct now
0: six six six, six. Yeah. six. Yeah. six because i always doing new recipe you know where do I you want find to-
1: time where do you uh, find time
0: to do that? You know, you know, I don't know, too. That's the question a lot of people, they ask me all the time. But the thing is, I keep working. You know, I wake up every day at 4 o'clock in the morning. I go home like at 8, 9. I don't work a uh, I work a lot. That keeps me alive. You know, when I was 16 years old, I have a very serious condition. I did a surgery in my brain. I, I have a, a brain tumor with cancer. They, I did a, a, they, I, I stayed like a six, seven months in the hospital. What keep, keep me alive in life? was working? Working, for me, they keep me alive. They keep me strong every day. And I I work a lot. For me, working is life.
1: So I I want to pick up your brain a little bit, you know, as I do with uh, all my guests. And I would like you to um, make a suggestion of uh, how a home cook can create maybe, I would say, a chocolate cake, uh, you know, at home. And Betty will be with, uh, you know, an Antonio Bashur twist.
0: Listen, first, I think to be a bach- with bachelor twist, you need to have passion. For me, passion is the key for pastry. Yeah, you need to have passionate about what you do in pastry. Second, to be, you need to be your own, your own, uh, chef. You know, you need to be, you need to change your, your mentality. Yeah, you need to change your mentality from home cook to be a chef. You need to, cre- you need to create and you need to believe that you are a great chef. You know. I think uh, that's the question people ask me. I say, you need to believe that you are the best chef. When you believe that you are the best in doing something, you're doing great. Even if you don't are the person that you are thinking. For me, it's it's to take advantage, the adventure to make something and show the people that you can, when you believe in yourself, you can do whatever you want.
1: Okay. So you don't want to tell me more about like maybe how I can do this?
0: Yeah. For me, to make a mousse cake is one of my first, cake i make like a chef professional chef i still doing i still make it now because it's my favorite recipe it's two simple recipes a cake and mousse it's a it's a ganache mousse base that you take a cream you boil the cream a janduja you emulsify with the hand blender and then you add the whipped cream very easy simple recipe and the chocolate cake it's four or five ingredients: chocolate, flour, eggs, baking powder. You mix everything and you put it in the oven. You know, it's very simple cake, but at the same time very tasty. You
1: what know, kind if, of chocolate do I use? You know, uh, is it like um like
0: uh, uh barona for me is the best chocolate. Uh, sure. Yeah. For the Yanduya, you can buy Yanduya chocolate from barona, or you can make you own Yanduya using one kilo of or, or one kilo of uh, milk chocolate. You add, you temper the chocolate. You add 300 or, or 400, 100% hazelnut paste, and you ma- and you make your own janduya uh, chocolate. It's is chocolate with hazelnut, pure hazelnut paste. But like I say, very simple. You make a ganache, and you add whipped cream, and you have a mousse. That's it.
1: And so where, where do I put my tropical fruits?
0: Uh, on the top for decoration. On the top. In this one. <laughs> okay, you got great. Some, you cut you, you some mango, nice. Now put some pineapple, some coconut shape, and you decorate, and that's it. You have a beautiful visual. You know, you have the chocolate on the top, the color of the fruit.
1: Okay, thank you. So I'm, I'm going to finish the, uh, the conversation with a, series of, a short series of rapid fire questions, if it's okay with you. It's okay. So when you have a little bit of time and I come to Miami and then you and I are going to do a tasting tour in Miami, where are the five spots that you are going to take me to?
0: We need to go to Zucca. It's an Italian restaurant in Miami, in Coral We need to go to Makoto, Japanese. We need to go to Mandarin. It's like a Greek, Turkish restaurant. To Sijon, it's a Spanish tapa bar. We need to go to a nice place in Coral Gables, like Mediterranean, Mediterranean restaurant.
1: Okay. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> and then, what's your favorite guilty pleasure food?
0: I love to eat, and you know, I eat a lot. pick Chinese food.
1: Chinese food. What I what, love what what I
0: kind? Dim sum. I love dim sum. I love. Uh, I can eat every day. Dins
1: okay. And spring roll. Very good. What are three pastry books that inspire you the most?
0: My first pastry book was from like a 25 years ago. The book of Pierre Hermès always is is, is a plus. The chocolate from Ramon Morato. Okay. Have you met Pierre Hermès? Oh yes, yeah, many times. He's a, a, a great guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I met him as well. Uh, I did an event in Paris, you know, with him. I, I had the chance to have the lunch with him at La Durée. He was at La Durée at that, at that time. What's your biggest pet peeves in, in the lab or in the kitchen? Things that you cannot stand?
0: You know, the cleanest. I, I, I want everything clean. You know, for me, my kitchen needs to be clean all the time. For me, I cannot, I cannot last anybody in the kitchen. If the kitchen is not clean. I, I come every morning. The first thing I wash the floor, the table. The, the equipment, I, I'm very picky with the cleanness of, of okay. my shop, of, my, of yeah. my lab.
1: Can you, I know that you you do your social media. We talked about this and I was surprised because you, you do a lot of things and, you know, on top of everything else. Do you have like uh, Instagram accounts that you love to follow that you can share with us?
0: Uh, I follow a few accounts, a lot of accounts, like a thousand accounts on Instagram. I always like to follow the art of plating because they share a lot of, of plating from different chefs around the world, and you can see a lot of starting time, new chef every day. I love a chef from uh, Sweden. Great plating. I, I love his style. He was one of my assistants in a class I did in Sweden. Pierre Hermes always. I, I love the picture he posts of his shop and dessert. I love Jan Kluber. I love what he do in France right now. In Spain, I follow M- Miguel, the, the teacher from the husband, the chef from the husband. For me it's, it's one of the most talented chef in the world, pastry Chef. Every day I, I am amazed how new chef every day can show in, in Instagram social media, you know every day is, is arriving new talented chef doing great things that you you cannot believe it, how important social media is today.
1: Uh, absolutely. So, the last one, what's do you have a favorite dessert that you make at home?
0: Uh-huh. I like to make simple dessert. I like to make like a nice panna cotta, put in the oven. For me, in home, I like simplicity. Okay. I like so your creme brulee
1: is, is it your creme brulee vanilla or is it like something else?
0: I like I like to make with vanilla. I like to make with the spicy. Sometimes I make with cinnamon. Sometimes I make dulce dulce creme brulee with uh, the new chocolate blonde. But I love creme brulee.
1: Very good. Chef, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I was very, um, you know, happy to have you on Flavors Unknown.
0: Thank you so much for for inviting me. I hope everybody loves this podcast.
1: Thank you for listening today. If you love baking and pastry, make sure to buy one of Antonio Bashur's cookbooks and put colors and exotic fruit in your pastry creations. Please leave a review about Flavors Unknown podcast on the platform you are listening to podcasts. Follow us as well on Instagram or Facebook at Flavors Unknown. Our next episode will take us to the coffee industry. My guest will be Los Angeles Bar 9 founder, Zaid Naquib. I see you in two weeks. And until then, remember that people who love to eat are always the best people. Thanks for listening to Flavors Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a review. Find the show notes at flavorsunknown.com. And if you want to join the Flavors Unknown community, search Flavors Unknown on Instagram and Twitter.